everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thoughts, Feels, and Conversation. I am Itumelin Tikobe. And I am Buibilo Wajakekana. And uh, today's episode, um, or topic rather, is quite interesting, and I, I'm so excited to dive right in. But before we do that, we are going to do something that we do on every episode, and that is a little check-in where we share what's on our mind, what's been on our heart. Um, so we'd be do you want to start? I can start. Um, I feel like this has been a little bit of a crazy week. Um, and it's it's it feels even crazier because obviously with the year heading towards a close, uh, my mm. energy levels are also, you know, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> it's almost December. My energy levels are decreasing, yeah. but it feels as though everything else is ramping up. So I'm in mm. that weird, like, life is busy, but I want to slow down kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's yeah. so much going on. Like, my to-do list actually feels like it's unending. And I actually feel <laughs> like no matter how much I sleep, I'm just not getting enough rest. No matter how much I do, mm. I'm just not getting enough done. It's I just, you know, that's literally what's going on. But uh, this is actually now occurring to me as I do this. The other day I posted on my <laughs> status actually that... Um, that accepting and acknowledging lament as a part of, of my worship mm. experience has been probably the most formative um, ex- experience of, of, of my faith in the past two years. The, yes, I think I it was on Tuesday. That. Yeah, it was on Tuesday where mm. I came home after a day of work and all that stuff. And, and I wanted to spend time with the Lord. And, and the only thing like, like the only thing that my soul was, was leaning towards and desiring was to literally just express worship in the form of lament. If I tell Mm. you my playlist, which I won't, (laughs) (laughs) my lament playlist, you like, you know, you will be shook. eh? But I realized how like, like that was, that is the worship that my soul, that is a part of worship that my soul can now identify with, which it hasn't been, Mm. previously able to but I am also I'm like how did I make it through such hectic seasons (laughs) being able to lament before you know I'm like right now I need to sing those songs like I need to ask these questions of God I need to sit in that how did you I don't know how did you survive I don't know I don't know I think I I think I would probably grapple with it mentally and then enter into worship and then sing songs of praise (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't know how I'd like I don't even know how that works but that's what I did yeah. and now I feel like my capacity for worship has been increased by virtue of the fact that I recognize lament as a necessary part of worship um so good so I feel like you know how like your vocabulary can increase when you read more books I just feel like my mm. capacity for worship has been like deepened because mm. I, I have began to realize that the Lord accepts lament as worship as well. Um, Love that for you. Yeah. So I feel like even as crazy as life and everything feels and there's so much going on and all of that. And there's, you know, the work of justice. Someone was asking me the other day, actually, um, how are you doing? I was like, Yo, I feel like the work of like the, the justice work is so exhausting. And I don't necessarily mm. feel like I have maybe I have somewhat devoted my life, but I'm not necessarily devoting my whole entire life as someone who maybe runs a justice organization does, you know, Mm. but Mm. I I feel like I'm affiliated with that work. 
And I was like, the justice work is so exhausting. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that's, <laughs> that's my life. But yeah, that's yeah. all of me in a nutshell, everywhere and <laughs> all at the same time. Welcome to my mind, guys. Tell us what's going on in, in your head, in your heart, in your life, all those good things. Um, quite random, but um, earlier today, I was watching the Britney Spears Netflix documentary. Oh. It's called Britney versus Spears. Mm. And and it made me think of, I think it was during the cu- cancel culture episode where you mentioned that fame is, you think fame is a bad idea. Yes. And the entire time while watching that um, documentary, I'm not done, I'm not finished, but the, just as far as I got, the whole time I was thinking fame is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> fame <laughs> is a bad idea. And... Mm-hmm. Just that just the fact that we we actually are not created to to tolerate so mm. much yeah the hype the uh adoration the mm. criticism all of it like there's just so much wrong with the celebrity culture and mm. um I've Ooh. been a fan of Britney Spears for years like since the 90s I really and, know this about uh, you no, baby, hit me one more time. No, baby, I love it. This is, this is news to me. <laughs> um, so, no, I had every poster, every CD, oh, like wow. everything. Um, but just watching her life through that documentary just made me realize the fame, better idea. We were not created for it. No, we actually were not been created. A good idea. Yeah, no. Nope, 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 nope. Not at all. So that's that's what's what's on my heart and my mm, mind today. Mm, today, okay. but um, this week it's been a very chilled week. I have a lot of time on my hands. I've oh. been taking naps. Anyone take, who knows me, do you want to take half of the things off my to-do list? You know, my my life no, is acts of service. Can you please? Oh, <laughs> that is the last. That is my least love language to give. Like acts of Can service feels like take work. My load. <laughs> I cannot. I like uh I need to learn how to give acts of service because to me it feels like work. Because it, it is. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like an act of love. I can sit with you. It is such an act of love. Quality no. time while you do your No, but it your, doesn't take away from the things. Acts of service is necessary, guys. But maybe we'll do a conversation on love languages one day. <laughs> I think that would be cool. That would be really interesting. That would be but today's, interesting. today's topic mm. is <laughs> pretty privileged. <laughs> Please note, we are already laughing. <laughs> we are already. I'm laughing because it's such a big topic. Um, such yeah. an interesting topic, I think. But um, before we dive in, I think... I'm just going to give a brief definition or explanation of what pretty privilege is. Mm-hmm. And um, so this pretty privilege works on the principle that people who are deemed more attractive, but based on um, societal beauty standards, mm-hmm. have an upper hand in the world and afforded many more opportunities that those that are not deemed attractive do not mm-hmm. have. I think we have the exact same article. (laughs) Amazing. That's great. Yes. Um, uh, So so when when I was thinking about um, pretty privilege, Mm 
And one of the, um, and something that I found very interesting was with, was the realization that I think um, privilege that is, because I, okay, I read a lot of articles and I watched, um, you know, I'm a TikTok girl. So I watched quite a few mm-hmm. TikTok videos on pretty privilege and, um, and realizing how, how many people fail to acknowledge pretty privilege Mm -hmm. and that made me think why why do people fail to acknowledge pretty privilege and I I started thinking about how privilege that is earned that people I think people find it easier to acknowledge privilege that is earned Mm -hmm. rather than privilege that is inherent so privilege that is caused by let's say having more money have being educated uh, because you feel like you've earned your money or you've earned your education so it's easier for you to acknowledge that your hard work has afforded you this privilege that you have Mm -hmm. whereas when the privilege is sorry even though i think meritocracy is a myth but i guess yes yes but um privilege that is inherent such as pretty privilege and white privilege where you you don't necessarily have to do anything rather other than be who you are and then you get afforded that privilege I think a lot of people um fail to acknowledge it because it um it 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 almost implies that oh not almost implied it it implies that that yeah that you have this privilege because of not because of something you've done but just because of who you are mm, mm, mm. That sense? yes yeah that's I, I also think now that we've well that we've briefly alluded to the whole thing about meritocracy people feeling like they've earned certain things because they've worked hard etc um which i'm mm. not taking away from i'm not saying they are things that we haven't earned because we've worked hard that's okay but i also i feel that we only want to acknowledge like you, which is actually echoing everything that you've said. We only want to acknowledge the things that we have earned by virtue of our quote unquote hard work. So mm. for, for people to point out um, pretty privilege um, can make certain people uncomfortable because they don't want to recognize or accept the fact that they are being privileged because of their looks. Yes, um, absolutely. Yes. So it feels better I mean. to be like, no, yeah. but I worked hard for this, you know, which you yeah. may have, but the reality is whether or not you've worked hard for certain things, um, it's important for us societally to be able to acknowledge things such as pretty privilege because it, mm. they, they do mm. exist and they do, um, it, it, it is prevalent in our society. And I feel like with, with the social media generation that we currently exist in, um, things like pretty privilege have given them like they are at the forefront of of interactions, you know, um, in the yes. age where people are influencers, you know, you need to post um, pictures of a certain quality, you need the outfits, mm. you know, you need the makeup, um, if you're a vlogger or a YouTuber, whatever, you know, there's a certain kind of look that gets people a greater following, um, yeah dress a certain way you you talk a certain way so these things although like and I think well I must first be honest and admit that this top conversation has felt like a little bit like out of our depths for both Itu and I we're like mm. <laughs> you know so while it is not something that we are readily like eager to talk about I think it's an important conversation to have 
in the context of, of, of our society, especially as we continue to grapple with things such as white privilege and any other privilege, um, mm. male privilege, et cetera. So privileges that exist in society, especially as we pursue um, a, 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 a just land, as we pursue shalom, mm. as we pursue equality in the land. I think it is, it is important to talk about things such as pretty privilege. Hmm. Hmm. I agree. I agree. So, do you think you you've experienced pretty privilege, or you're at the receiving end of pretty privilege? I actually can't think of an instance where I I'm actually I'm trying to actually think <laughs> about this where I think I've received uh-huh. pretty privilege. I think okay, let me be honest and say you know your. <laughs> I don't know if I'm incriminating myself here or what. <laughs> Do it, what YOLO. It yeah, it, it's always YOLO for me, but never for you. I tell you this all the time. Guys, Itu will always tell me to YOLO and she will not. She will calculate everything to the last degree, but I must YOLO. This is unfair, but whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. I, I, there are instances where I have been stopped on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. I, some law enforcement um, agencies, I'll call them that. Um, <laughs> and, and I was, I guess there were certain, like maybe my license disc had been, you know, expired by a few days or whatever, you know, they had reason to, to, to give me a ticket or whatever. So these are um, like the traffic cops. They had reason to give me a ticket. They had reason, you know, they had reason to enforce yeah. the law and, because it was a male who found me attractive, mm. didn't do so. They said, you know what, it's okay. Yeah. I don't want to make a pretty girl like you. Hada, 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 you can go. Yeah. So that's the first instance that comes to mind. Comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, have you experienced? Any I don't think so. I you haven't experienced what I'm talking about? No, never. They've never not given <laughs> you a ticket because you're a girl. I've never been stopped in your whole entire life. Yeah. I like, um, no, I know I've been stopped once. I've been stopped once, but it was a woman and uh, she wanted the cold drink money and I wasn't for that. So I was like, write the ticket. (laughs) And then she, I think she got frustrated with me and just let me go. But I've only been stopped once. That is very interesting. I do my entire driving. That is so interesting. In, in, with what you're saying about being stopped by women is very different by being stopped by men. I've, mm. I've been on the receiving end of both and the women are less mm. forgiving. And, and it's the pretty thing, you know, it's a pretty yeah. thing. Even, even when I did, I think I did my license test twice or three times. I can't remember, mm. but there was one instance that I did it with a woman and she was very unforgiving. I, I passed with the man. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very interesting to recognize, like when you get, if I get stopped by a female cop, it's late. Like if I'm, if yeah. if anything's wrong, it's late. Like even if I was driving 101 in a hundred zone, I know I'm getting a ticket. <laughs> you get it. But if if you yeah. get stopped by a man, and you don't even have to flaunt, like I don't do anything weird, you know. I just yeah. normally I'm myself. I'm yeah. like mm, okay, mm, yeah, and then they're like, you know, it's okay. We'll excuse you. So I think yeah, that's the only instance for me that I feel like I've received. I've benefited. I can't, no, I can't think of a, an instance where I've benefited from pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that 
because um, we say that pretty pretty privilege is based on societal beauty standards. Yeah. So I also don't think that I match society's pretty um beauty standards. So really? I don't think I would why why would you say that? Anything. What what do you think are societal beauty standards and how do you compare? Okay, so um in in my little study of pretty privilege, um I've come across something called desirability politics, Mm -hmm. which I found very interesting. And um, according to everydayfeminism.com, the politics of desirability deal with the question of how society, societal um, ideals for attractiveness can have a pool. um, And that, and the idea that desirability is actually political yeah and it can be it can be affected by and as and also shape systems of power and oppression mm-hmm. and I read that as well, actually very interesting yeah I thought that was like the greatest thing it was like a light bulb moment for me mm-hmm. and um so basically what that what that means is that um that systems of oppression such as white supremacy, patriarchy, fat phobia, ageism, ableism, um, direct us as to what is worth belonging and desire, or yeah. like it shapes desire and yeah. Western westernized beauty standards, mm-hmm. um, you know, are what actually shape the the world's beauty standards. Mm-hmm. And when I and I think that when I when I think of beauty standards, obviously I have my own <laughs> my own view, and I have the world's view as well. Mm-hmm. So looking at the societal beauty standards, I don't think I match I match the beauty standards, and that doesn't mean I don't think I'm pretty. I yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I think I'm pretty. I don't have low self confidence mm-hmm. or low self esteem or anything like that. But when I look at what the world's beauty standards are, I feel mm. like I don't match that. Mm. Do you think? the world but i don't know if this is going to be a question or a statement <laughs> um okay but while i agree with you that there is a eurocentric um universal globally there's this eurocentric standard for beauty i think that mm-hmm. it, it differs in in different contexts you know um and i think an example or something that I can relate the statement of mine to is when I lived in, in Australia, right? I mm. lived in, in, in a Eurocentric um, world, you know, majority of the population is white, um, males and females. Um, and then I think the second largest population in, in Australia is, is, is like there's Asians and then there's like a lot of Sudanese people, but obviously the standards are very Eurocentric, you know? It is mm. everything mm. white, everything Western. Um, the cosmopolitan cover girls are the blonde girls. You know, that whole standard is is, is like prevalent. But I, mm. having gone to college, I was in, in an international college with people from all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And being in that space, for me, being in that space versus being at home, so different, even just from like how beauty is perceived. So how beauty is perceived or how I experience beauty to be perceived in Australia versus how I experience beauty to be perceived at home is completely like, is different, you know? Um, and so in that world, I was like, mm, I do, you know, I, I wouldn't mm. put myself anywhere near like 
you know, I'm like, mm, okay, you know, there are, are pretty girls and then there are other girls, you know? But yeah. in our context at home, I'm like, the people who are considered like desirable number one in Australia would not even yeah you know so i think there is that difference in in like contextually there is i I agree but i also think that there are there are universal standards for example i'm i'm fat and for those that don't know what i look like um so regardless of where i am in the world i will be regarded as fat Mm -hmm. and and the beauty standards and yeah like Beauty standards, whether it is global or in South Africa, is very much anti-fat. And I'm also dark-skinned. So, but regardless of where I go in the world, color, colorism exists. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's um, so I think in that regard, um, we, yeah. I, I do. Know. I think there's both. Like, so I agree with you that there's a universal standard, and I think the universal standard globally is Eurocentric. Um, yeah. Yet. In the same breath, I think there are there are differences. So I feel like in an African context, fuller figured women are way more appreciated than in a Western context. Do you know what I mean? But I think that it's I think that it's I agree with you, but I do think that um, it's influenced by the West. For example, um, when we look at something like um, fuller figured women, when mm. when um, it's things like the BBL, the Brazilian butt lift surgery. Okay, I was gonna say um, no when it came to the Brazilian, I think Brazilian butt lift surgery, when it, it gained popularity. And when people think of whose body are they emulating, they think of like the Kim Kardashians. They would never think of an African woman, whereas they are emulating the curves of an African woman. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, and even in 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 South Africa, like yes, fuller for good women are um, seen or um, uh, more appreciated than they would in the West. But it's a specific uh, shape, where whereas I think that, and maybe when I say the West, I'm thinking more American than Europe, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very is also very different. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I can't go. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're but saying. I, I think how it, but it, I, I think, so what you're saying about they think even, that they're emulating even, Kim Kardashian rather than they're emulating an African woman. But I think it's also who has, I don't want to say internet privilege or like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They're the people that everyone has access to, whereas, we necessarily we don't necessarily have that um sort of i don't know what the word i'm looking for is you know but they're more likely to see a kim kardashian than they are to see a i don't know who to use as an example i want to say Nomzamumbata, but even though she is now yeah in yeah. the american sort of scene do you know what i mean yeah. so i think yes. i think because of that we can attribute certain things to the West, but if we are honest about the body standards that everyone is going is 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 going for, it's it's literally it's I would I think be bold enough to say that it's the epitome of an African physique. You know, it is something that is very common to African. But women. I still I think that but it's the a specific reason it's type of, of African. Yes, yes. Yeah, the reason it's desired is because of the the. The westernized people who have said it's okay 
yes or this yes. is this should be desired so it's the voices of power that decide yeah. what should be it's desired a system of oppression all these 1, things are systems of oppression <laughs> you were saying that you think it's a specific shape um yeah i i okay no i don't i don't remember what i was gonna say you, <laughs> you said that you think it's a specific shape because I'm like fully figured women are way more appreciated here than anywhere else in your life. But even with that, you think that it's a specific shape. Oh, yes. it's not all fully figured women, but it's a specific. Yes, type. it's a spe- like even um, even when we when we look at something like the body positivity movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it started as um, it started as a a movement for for fat women to to love their body and embrace their body and mm. it got taken over by um a specific shape of fat you know mm. it's curves in the right places in the hips in the bumps not not the arms not the stomach and i feel that um that that still is shaped by by societal beauty standards you know mm-hmm. Even in even in in South Africa, it's it's the same that um, you you have you you know you need to be curvier, fully figured in the right places, and that is shaped by a societal um, beauty standard that that has undertones of anti fatness. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm grappling um I'm, I'm thinking about it like as we talk um mm. yeah. <laughs> and I I also think <laughs> uh yeah I don't know you also think? <laughs> um I think that it also like it goes beyond just something like pretty privilege and and also I, I'm going to mention anti-fatness and fat phobia a lot because that is what I have experience in mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it goes even beyond something it goes beyond desire you know it goes um, and when we think of just the medical field and how bad uh, fat bodies are perceived in the medical field like I don't know how many times I've gone you know the discovery wellness checks mm-hmm. um like every single year when I get when I do these tests um whoever's helping me whether it's a nurse or the discovery people they mm. always um they're always shocked that I don't have diabetes that I don't have hypertension because of the way that I look wow. and I think that that is also the opposite of privilege I'm not sure what the, what is the opposite of privilege uh, whereas well, someone <laughs> who is thin who is in a smaller body already mm. has that that perceived health which Mm. is a privilege as well Mm -hmm. because you because you are smaller you will pay less in um life cover you know because because you're perceived as healthy regardless Mm. of what the tests actually say and because I'm in a bigger body I'm perceived as unhealthy even though I'm absolutely not and we see it with the BIM uh the BMI and um just I on TikTok someone mentioned like how this this um this measurement came about and how it was one doctor in Europe who created this whole thing and they the the purpose of it was to measure health for a, a society. It was never meant to be used to measure health of an individual. Oh, Whereas wow. now we have BMI telling um 
such a large portion of 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 um, the world People that they are overweight or obese, and also it doesn't even consider how that that fat is distributed. And because Africans are uh, more likely to have bigger curves and bigger bumps, the the BMI will automatically say that you are overweight for your mm. height, or or you're obese for your height. And that also it it it, and I think that that also. Um, place to ableism as well because health is almost um given this this like morality you know that you're more moral <laughs> when you are deemed healthy therefore because you are fat you are not deemed healthy and your your humanity is almost like you know decreased a bit <laughs> it decreases in value because wow. you are not deemed healthy by societal mm-hmm. i think that is a very interesting um aspect of the conversation um which I've, i hadn't considered up until we spoke about it now about how what the health standards are and what influences them you know because i mm. think as well things like health and stuff like that tend to be part health and science and i guess to a certain extent religion um those opinions are the ones that are prioritized in society you know so if mm. if the health standards deem you unhealthy you know then so be it. But I think what you're yeah. happy to consider now and what you've said is what is informing those health standards, you know? And if, yeah. if, 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 if those health standards are being informed by, um, by Eurocentric opinions and westernized studies um, of, 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 of communities that are very far removed from our reality, then that, is, that says mm. a lot, you know? So if, if, if our sciences are based on information that is largely... Um, tested and researched and stuff in 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 Eurocent- in a eurocentric world then i think even how we define health um yeah is a little bit questionable and that's something that i've never thought about because i think like i just said there's certain things that you consider as absolutes like if your doctor says yeah. you know like science yeah. is standard it's one dimensional but i think which also leads to a whole different conversation that we're not going to go into but is that there is no absolute perspective on anything anything because even your interpretation of science you Mm. can't have an absolute perspective on that which is very very interesting something else that i was thinking about as you were talking is um i lost my train of thought (laughs) that is so frustrating because oh man Oh, um, yes, I, I remember. Something else that I was thinking about as you were talking is uh, uh, like, I think the, the ramifications, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the word that I want to use, but we'll go with it for now. The ramifications of things like pretty privilege that exist in society. So like I've mentioned earlier about how in, 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 this, in our social media generation, you know, how mm. your perception, how you, per- how you are perceived and how you look and all that stuff has, has gained so much more of an importance um, in, in this generation, maybe as opposed to previously, right? But with mm. that has also come like this massive movement of self-hate and like this massive need for people to self-modify and you know all these things so so people needing to do the work to look like these desired standards because the reality is pretty privileged and and does open certain doors that allow for you to make more money do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you'll spend the money um, on, on dealing with, with the parts of yourself that you are not happy with. Um, mm-hmm. 
so that you can, I guess, qualify with that standard. But my thinking now is to what end? Because I feel like as man-made as these standards are, tomorrow they change. Do you know what I mean? Like today, everybody, today everybody is obsessed with the Kim Kardashian butt and um, <laughs> no waste, you know, the what waste movement. <laughs> like yeah. the ribs are out. Everyone's taking out their last rib, you know, they <laughs> filling their butts, the big lips. That whole look is, is a thing right now. Tomorrow it's something else, you know? Mm. Tomorrow Kim Kardashian mm. does another thing or whoever the next big person is, they do another thing. And then that's the thing that is not desirable and that's the standard mm. of beauty um and so to what end like oh is is this culture of like self-modification and whatever going to be a thing because how honestly how many more times can you alter yourself <laughs> you oh, know there are no limits i've seen on um blotched or whatever whatever that oh, botched. On e. yeah. botched yes um but i i also think that it it goes back to what I spoke about in the beginning of the celebrity culture and how dangerous it actually is because mm-hmm. um, the beauty standards are actually set by who's who's in power or like, mm-hmm. you know, the loudest voices. Is the yeah. Most, yeah. Yes. Because in the nineties, it was um, all about being thin and mm. the thinner because that's where the Paris Hilton's and uh, what is, I can't remember their names. Paris Hilton and her, her squad. Yes, Nicole Richie, and they like you know being very very thin was in, and and we saw it also in in um, in magazines and and the whole. Um, I think that was like the rise of the the diet culture, mm. um, which is that, also problematic. How, oh, very problematic. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I find interesting? Like, why are all the bad things? Why do we refer to them as cultures? Like diet culture. <laughs> <laughs> Culture. <laughs> because culture is a is a thing that yeah. i mean i'm sure the definition of culture will attest yeah. to this but i'm with it's it true, probably I'm 1, but, with um, but yeah so it's 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 interesting to see what how the the beauty standards evolve over time and what happens to those people that have had the bbls like do they mm. go for even more modifications as you said to what end Exactly. To what end? To meet, to meet the, the beauty standards of the world. The, which, yeah, another thing, like I've said, is, 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 okay, I've just Googled culture, is the ideas, customs, and social behavior of a particular people or society. So that makes sense. Okay, it makes but, sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, the, the whole diet culture notion, right? Like, which woman can ever say that they've never been on a diet? I don't even know. Like, not even woman. I feel like it starts at such a young age now. Like yes. You don't even have to be, Which female? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which girl child? <laughs> yeah. Can say that they've never been on a diet. And I think I, think I had, if, if I'm being, um, I guess, transparent, is mm. it was about Boma last year or the year before. I think growing up, maybe let me start from when I was a little girl. Growing up, mm. I... I always, like you've mentioned again, in that era when we were growing up, it was the Nicole Richies and the Paris Hilton. Skinny was it. And I have Mm. been small, but I've never been skinny. Like, Mm. (laughs) you know, I've been small, but I've never been skinny. I've always had a little bit of a butt about me, you know? Um, Mm. And so I I always felt the pressure to want to be smaller. I think, in fact, I actually, I realized this the other day, 
yo, this now feels like therapy. But <laughs> I realized this the other day that I am always at, 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 at one stage of my life or another, there's always a degree. I always have a degree of body dysmorphia. You know, I always perceive myself to, to be bigger than what I am. And then in hindsight, mm. I'm like, how about two? You know what I mean? So that is a reality. So, so yeah. growing up, I had that, you know, where I was like, I'm not as thin as my peers, you know, I'm not, a, you know, and, and, and that, that affected me. And then when I guess I, I don't, I don't even know what to attribute this to, but when I could, I started, you know, dieting and what, 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 but the whole, the, the motivation of all of that was to, to be one of the skinny girls, you know, mm-hmm. irrespective of what my natural shape is, you know, I wanted to shed all this weight, not because it was unhealthy, not because, but because according to the beauty standards, I just wasn't cutting it, you know, and it made me very self-conscious. Yeah. It made me very self-conscious to think. um, And I also, when I was younger, never thought that I was the prettiest. I didn't think I had like that, like I was the best at anything. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think I was the prettiest girl in the thing. I didn't think I was the smartest. I never, I've never actually like thought Nike number one more, that kind of thing. (laughs) That it made me, when I was younger, I feel like I was way more Mm self-conscious and had a little bit of a lower self-esteem. Mm. And then in high school, I think I grappled with it a little bit as well, um, like with weight, you know, just comparison, basically. The, ho- the root of the whole mm. thing was comparison and then going into diets and then trying this and trying that and da da da, da all as a root of comparison. And then I think it was mm. last, when I came back from Australia, I don't remember when exactly, I came back from Australia end of 2018, 2019. So around then, 2019, came back from Australia. I felt great about being home. Um, after having lived there, you know, where you realize like, you know how, how, how um, when men catcall girls, they're like my type oh, or yeah. my size, yeah. <laughs> which is so inappropriate. <laughs> but in Australia, you have no one's type, you're no one's size kind of thing. Um, so coming back home, I was like, oh, a little bit more at ease because, you know, now I'm, I'm level playing field. I'm with my people here, yeah. you know. Um, but I came back and I started to feel more like myself than I ever have my whole life. Like I felt like I was dressing like me. I was no longer dressing to look like, you know, to, to, to fit the standard Mm -hmm. or I was no longer, you know, and then I got to a point, I I think this was 2019. Um, and also last year where I was like, I'm actually, cause for most of my life, all I remember always being on some sort of a diet or another you know trying some yeah. or other means to lose weight and then being upset when I gain the weight back because obviously you just fluctuate today you know you're losing all the weight tomorrow you've stopped and then you know you're mm-hmm. getting back to so it's just been this nasty cycle of unhealthy behavior and then 2019 2020 I got to a point where I was like I actually really like the body that I'm in and minimal mm. effort because I wasn't dieting and I'm still not. Because, mm. And I think this is now mm. the defiance that I've taken because I recognize how unhealthy um, my, my patterns have been towards myself. And I, I realize how it was so rooted in, in self-hate, right? And now yeah. being so comfortable in who I am, appreciating the skin that I'm in, I'm looking back in defiance and I'm like, screw diets. Like, <laughs> I will never diet again. Like, I'm just like, yeah. actually, I'm, no, I'm never subscribing to that ever again. You know what I mean? Like, life's too so short good. to diet. I'm not going to die and be like, 
I should have had that last burger. Like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to subject myself to salads and and food that I absolutely hate, you know, in the name of of a beauty standard that doesn't even know me by name. You know what I mean? Now I must aim to look like Kim Kardashian. You know what I mean? Who's done the work surgically, right? Exactly. Which doesn't even make sense. So I think for me, um, the past two years have been sort of like, the most liberating actually you know what I look in the mirror I'm like I'm all about this girl you know this is the body that I'm here for I'm appreciating it and I mean I I am conscious of not making unhealthy choices you know because the reality is again when you go for your med your annual medical they you know they check your cholesterol they check all these things and they check the sugars and like you I'm fortunate to never have had any issues in that regard so I am conscious of things like that from a health perspective but now that we've spoken about what informs our health perspective I'm like oh help me Jesus Mm -hmm. But now mm-hmm. I'm at a place where I'm like, I'll never die again. Forget it. Like when I was younger, it, we were so oppressed, you couldn't even like fully be okay with the fact that you like food, you know? Because you're like, oh my gosh, my I think, you feel uh, like a pig. Now I'm just like, Psh, forget it. <laughs> I'll never, never again. Yeah. I think I'm at the same um, place where I like I'm acknowledging just how unhealthy like diet culture is and and being someone who has been big for like I gained a lot of weight in puberty so like Mm -hmm. grade eight grade nine and I've gained weight ever since and I I can't think like the last 10 not even 10 maybe 15 the last 15 years I can't think of a time when I was not on some sort of diet and and I think that you know having society and even like family (laughs) family telling you and people um you know pointing out that you've gained weight or you Mm. need to lose weight or Mm. or you need to lose weight else you you're going to be unhealthy or you know for your health you need to do this you need to do that um i think it it has i've almost internalized fat phobia and only i would say in the past two years have I started to deal with my internalized fat phobia? And can I tell you how difficult it is because I am I am surrounded by a society that is anti-fat. Mm. And even in um, even in like the people that not even just media or whatever, but the people that I'm surrounded by, um, whether it be family or be friends, like I know someone who um, she's not big, she's she's not big like she she has a a mid-size a mid-size body and um whenever she gains weight um the 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 words that she uses to describe her body she uses words such as disgusting and and she hates the way she looks and 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 you know you can't help but think that okay I'm a lot bigger than you so what do you think of what are you saying about me me? yes and that's you know what actually Sorry, I'm, I'll just say this one thing is that body dysmorphia is usually personal because she can think that of herself and never attribute those same words to you. But true, to that's you. true. But it, it, it's um, what I'm, I'm talking about, trying to, um, to dismantle this internal fat phobia that I've, I've had and been living through yeah. for the last 15 years. Um, but I, what, I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is that it's very difficult to... to to you know be this body positive and um 
say this is my body i'm gonna be happy with it as it is and not try to 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 modify your body mm. when you are surrounded when you are constantly surrounded by ideals that um that your that body are so is so different to yes yeah, that are so different that your body what, isn't um mm. Uh, your body isn't doesn't look the way it's supposed to look or the way you look is not enough you need mm. you either you need you need bigger curves you need bigger butts you need um smaller waist or whatever it is so i can imagine how um being someone who has body dysmorphia and is trying to deal with body dysmorphia but mm. also constantly having this input of society beauty standards and also having access to to surgery like i can imagine how like it's just a vicious cycle because it is a nasty like cycle you, it's a yeah, nasty cycle yeah. and I think to a certain extent as well um we tend to think diet culture is less um toxic than like surgery you know it's like no just yeah, yes. we, 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 <laughs> we frown more upon surgery than we do upon the insistence of a diet culture mm-hmm. whereas Hotswana, if we're just being entirely honest you know because Absolutely. it is rooted in even wanting to flat tummy yeah. tea. Yes. Like yes. Flat tummy tea. Yes. Yes. We're no <laughs> longer even pursuing. Yeah. We're no longer even pursuing health for the sake of being healthy, but we are pursuing weight loss for the sake of um succumbing to a beauty standard that was created by whoever you know and a lot of like things that come to mind for me is 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 obviously it's like power dynamics you know it's whoever has the power has the loudest voice gets to decide you know um what their decisions are informed by we don't even care we just want to succumb to that which is so dangerous you know which is the opposite of everything that we speak about particularly on this podcast regarding shalom and all those things i also think about how these beauty standards um like they spit in the face of imago day you know mm. i feel like mm. you, you you we want to describe or prescribe rather what 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 should be um considered as as beautiful or as desirable whereas by 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 declaring us imago day you know the lord doesn't put limitations you know in fact yeah. we 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 get to see like this 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 um this vast um i guess um depiction of what imago day could be in 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 all our differences and our nuances and and the diversity and you know everything and in in all the characteristics that we see across humanity, I feel like God says, I created man in my own image. And then we see this display of, of this vast God through this, like just the differences that exist in our society. And then we are saying, no, but it must be this, must you know, like this. Yeah. which is, mm-hmm. which is antithetical to everything that God is. You know, <laughs> we are wanting to like create this box and then say, this is the image of God. And like, and I, I dislike everything about that. And you know what I think is sad is the fact that, um, you know, I think that society has acknowledged that diet culture is dangerous. Mm. Um, so I think that it's just been renamed. It's to this whole wellness. Um, it's, not, it's not even like just, so it's the same, same product, just packaged Ooh. differently. Oh, no, so it, not, you didn't just do that. <laughs> you didn't just do that (laughs) so now you know people won't outright say hey 
do this to lose weight. Is <laughs> gonna be, you know, oh, just crap. for your well-being, wellness, wellness princess, all these things that are oh. it's the same things. It's same principles, same structure of oppression, same everything, just a different package, a different name. Yeah, one thing about humanity, we know how to create structures of oppression. Hey, that oppress ourselves. That's the thing, <laughs> like and then. Even, and then we find ourselves bound to those things and we can't live up to them, but we create them and we perpetuate but them. But we created wow. them, exactly. Just the same way that patriarchy um, negatively affects women and men. Mm. Every, single, every single system of oppression, every single system of oppression has victims. And, and even the, those that think even they the are Even the beneficiaries are victims. Are victims. Yes, exactly. So, so no one is immune. <laughs> No one, no one. Because the system of oppression. You know, that's what it's about. And the way to the Bible says, whom the son sets free, eh? It's free it's indeed. Where indeed. the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And yet we insist on on on, <laughs> on systems of oppression. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's again, which is a, a conversation that you and I have a lot, is 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 dominion and free will and all of that. Yes. by virtue of 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 that god-given um i don't know whether to call it a gift or whatever <laughs> but by virtue of the fact that god gives us free will and and dominion over the earth um how we have stewarded it has resulted in systems of oppression um absolutely and pretty privilege is one such thing absolutely pretty but i <laughs> Can you imagine a world without pretty privilege? I can. I can paint paint us a picture. <laughs> I think where um, where we acknowledge we acknowledge that um, that different body types, different facial types, complexion exists and. Yeah, that. But the thing is, it's like capitalism. Remember mm-hmm. when we spoke about um, <laughs> uh, distribution of wealth? I'm starting to think people are going to think this is the premise of our entire podcast. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm checking. Oppression you. and capitalism. <laughs> um, how we spoke about that in order for for there to be um, equality and equity, mm. um, the wealth has to be distributed equally. Yeah. So I think that it's the same with. Um, a world that where pretty privilege does not exist in that every feature has the same um, same weight or like you know that there is actually no privilege there needs to be no privilege mm. but it needs to yeah I don't know how we would get there <laughs> it's there, hard yeah, I think to imagine a lot of, I think a lot of different systems of oppression need to be um, dismantled and that's the thing about systems of oppression is that they all build on each other you Mm. know it's like um, even um, things like um, the whole BBL it's rooted in patriarchy because now it's seen as men prefer this kind of body you Mm. know so People do it to please their patriarchy and oh, um, and oh. ageism and and colorism. All of it is like it it all is all one it's all one thing, you know. So mm. to dismantle one, we have to dismantle everything. Because oh. even something like 
classism like that also plays to pretty privilege that's true um, because you need to have the so, money in order to be able to exactly to do all these to things to buy the looks so, exactly so to to dismantle pretty privilege we need to dismantle patriarchy we need to dismantle classism we need to dismantle racism we need to we need to dismantle it all we need to ableism <laughs> ageism all of it i was just just thinking about <laughs> I'm literally stressed just thinking about it. Um, but I, I think as well, like, um, I think it's okay to have preferences. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to know what you like and to like what you like. I think mm-hmm. perhaps the danger then becomes universalizing your preference. And I think it's also important to, to um, interrogate what informs your preference. That's true. But sometimes you like what you like. Do yeah, you if you if you like what you, I think that I think that you need. I I just I think you need to interrogate what informs your 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 preference. I think that's true. Given and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing that informs your your you know yeah. Um, for I example, think, saying that you're attracted to black men because you're a black woman, you can relate to black men, whatever you know. Yes. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's important to do the work, yes, to 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 recognize what informs um, your preferences. What was I saying? Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the heck I was saying. But I think okay, I'll repeat what I just said: is that (laughs) um, the the danger becomes universalizing that preference that you have. Um, And I think oh, I think what I was going to say is that again, in reference to the social media cartoon stuff that we live in, I think our preferences now are informed by so much more than what they would have been like many years ago. Yes, um, yes. Because you, you are exposed to so many more things. Also like globalization is a real thing. So what we may have considered to be like beautiful and stuff um, before we were as globalized as we are now is completely mm. different given that literally I have America in the palm of my hands, you know, just by viewing mm. on Instagram kind of thing. So I do think the work of interrogating what influences our, pers- our, our preferences is important. Um, and I don't think, like, I think, yes, while the, this conversation on pretty privilege is, is an important conversation to have, particularly because we're saying that it can become a system of oppression where it is one. I, I also think it's okay to celebrate your preferences, like to, to, what you you know you like what you like and i think that's also fine yeah um and i also think that it's 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 important to um to acknowledge how you treat those that don't meet your preference mm-hmm. i think that's where the system of oppression comes in because mm-hmm. it's okay to like what you like but how do you treat those that you don't like Mm-hmm. that's where the oppression comes mm-hmm. in but again this takes me back to that whole conversation of no one perspective is it you know so if you consider mm-hmm. that i like what i like and that's that on that nothing that i don't like you know what i mean like if you consider yeah, that your perspective yeah. to be supreme then that will definitely mm-hmm. influence the way that you treat other people whereas if you're yeah. okay with your preference being your preference but not it being a means of of, of ostracizing other people that, yeah do you know yeah. what i mean it's not like i like what i like and this is gorgeous you know yeah like you like mm-hmm. what you like but that doesn't have to constitute what is beautiful you know 
Um, and it doesn't yeah. have to affect the way that you treat other people because you like what you like. That's okay. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, so I, I do agree with you in that regard as well is how you treat those that fall outside of your, 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 your circle, I guess, of preference or likes and dislikes. That is, that is, that can be oppressive. Hey, Mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. there was a day and age where we, I don't remember if we were in high school I think this was in high school the era of the yellow bones where yellow bones were like top tier <laughs> <laughs> some stage I remember everybody getting the haircut you know the pixie cut was a thing oh guys one thing about globalization <laughs> nah. amazing because we have all access but wow 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 like I think it takes away so much from from, from um, the work of contextualization, which I'm so passionate mm. about currently, is that context mm. is everything. Mm. Literally, context is everything. But I think that's all I will say, Itumeleng Dikobe. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that is another episode of Thoughts, Feels, and Conversation. I, I don't even know that we did this topic as much justice as perhaps... Um, would be expected um so you guys feel free to weigh in you know you are welcome to send us a dm on instagram at tfc underscore podcast you know comment engage with us i think again as as i continue to mention that this is a platform that ito and i have decided to to use to broaden the conversation to invite many other opinions because we are informed and influenced by by you know the voices that we are listening to so we would love to hear from you so whatever thoughts feels you want to add to this conversation please feel free to engage with us you can follow us on instagram that is at tfc underscore podcast and let us know as well what other conversations you would like us to engage in um and i think that's that on that (laughs) is there anything that i'm forgetting nope i think that's all That's it, guys. We will see you in the next conversation. Until then, goodbye. Bye.